0: Hey, ebook readers, right now the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only 2 dollars That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey, everybody, if you enjoy listening to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, now is your chance to become a patron of the podcast, go check out www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. There's different tiered levels and each of one of them comes with something special and unique, including the Friday debrief, which is a short podcast episode that I record on Friday mornings, just me and my coffee. And it's only available on the Patreon page for patrons. So again, check that out. www.patreon.com slash grounded With Flight Attendant Joe. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. It is Thursday, May 28th, 2020, and I hope you guys had an amazing Memorial Day weekend and you're having a fantastic week. Fingers crossed that everything's going well. I'm having a pretty decent week. You know, if you listened to the episode on Memorial Day with Stacey Schumann, who is the marketing manager from ID90 Travel, you'll know that I have announced my retirement from the airline industry. That is correct, you did hear right. That was not like a, what was that, did I, uh, what was it? Yes, Joe Thomas is leaving the airline industry. It was a big decision, it was not an easy decision, but I felt like it was the right decision, and I'm sure I will talk about it more as time goes on. But yeah, it it felt so good and cathartic to get it out. So yes, that is what's happening. But don't worry, Flight Attendant Joe Brand and Flight Attendant Joe is still going to be writing books and presenting you with this podcast. So no fear about that. But Joe Thomas is saying goodbye to working on an airplane so yeah but enough about me because you know i'll talk about myself forever i want to talk about today's guest because it's very exciting i'm very excited today episode number 28 oh episode number 28 on may 28th wow that's interesting today the creator of jet-lagged comic is here. Kelly Kincaid called in today and we had a fantastic conversation. You know, she's written two books, Airplane Mode and Jetway Reunion. And if you're in the airline industry, you've seen her comic somewhere. It's, they're everywhere and they're fantastic and they're funny and they're so heartwarming. And we talked about when she started drawing, when she knew she was an artist, how she made the decision to incorporate her flight attendant life into her cartooning and how that's just created an entire brand and career for her. We also talked about what's next for Jetlag. She told me her ideas. I gave her mine. It was a great interview and I'm so glad she came on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kelly Kincaid. let's do it everybody i'm so excited my heart is racing because i have finally been brought together with the incredibly famous and artistic kelly kincaid from jet kelly welcome to the show
1: hi so i'm happy to be here thank you
0: i can't believe i'm actually talking to you i wish you were in my office right now (laughs) because i would be like all right teach me how to draw but how are you doing during this COVID 19 (laughs) pandemic um, I'm doing surprisingly well. i um
1: I'm kind of a homebody anyway, so this is just um kind of making me feel even more at home. I guess it's not
2: that <laughs> and I'm getting a, a lot of
1: cartooning done it, well, it is and it isn't right it, It's as big of a deal as I want to make it, so yeah, I'm doing all right.
0: You said that you are a homebody. Would you would you consider yourself to be that type of like introverted? Like I I'd rather be home than out because I'm the same way. Like when I'm on, like when I'm writing or I'm on Mm -hmm. the show, I'm on. But if I'm not doing this, I'm probably just like just leave me alone. I'm good.
1: Mm Mhm. Well, it's interesting because I think after being a flight attendant for so many years, we all kind of become these little like introverted hermits to a sense like our free time at least for me of my free time is extremely important to me and I want to make sure I'm spending it to the best of my ability um, especially when I was like, flying a lot more for many 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 years so you, and you're on you're completely on when you're at work even when you kind of like give yourself a break in the galley there's always like somebody there, someone's butt's in your face. And mm-hmm. I don't think you realize just how, how, um, how much stress that actually puts on you, even after you get used to it. And then you come home and you're just like, ah, and I believe this is for all Friday tenants. I mean, my husband's a Friday tenant, my mom's a flight tenant and we all discuss this, but you know, we like to have our free time. And, Not that we don't want anybody around, but those people that are around, for me anyway, (laughs) I want to be around nice, happy, fun, positive people. You know, I, I don't always want to go out in the world and be around crowds of people all the time because I'm, you know, at work, we're always doing that.
0: Right, because you're, when you're off the plane, it's it's your time, and it is exhausting. Right. And you're absolutely right. And I, maybe people don't realize that, but when you're working on the plane, when you're doing like domestic flights within the United States, you don't really get a break. So you're always on. So when you're trying to shovel your food in your mouth in the galley, you know, when somebody walks up and goes, "Hi, I need some water," you have to put your food down. You have to pour the water. Yeah. You know, there isn't. I'm eating. I'll be well. Right. There might be some, okay, I'm not going to lie. I've worked with some flight attendants that do say, I'm eating. Where where are you seated? I'll bring it to you. But really, Uh we're on the whole time. I hope to get there. (laughs) I I hope to get there at one point. (laughs) I would not have the nerve. You know what's so funny? Flight attendant Joe. I don't have the nerve. Everyone thinks that flight attendant (laughs) Joe. I've gotten messages from people like, I want to be on your flight I want to watch you uh-huh. like say all these things to people. And I'm always like, "Do you re- if I said those things, I would not have a job. So, you know, this is just a yeah. character. Yeah. This is how I get it out. Yeah. Right. This
1: is your way to release the pressure, which right. is exactly the way I release the pressure in my comics. Um, I have multiple characters for really they're all kind of based on me and, and different things that maybe I would or wouldn't do. Bev is definitely the one that channels my inner staff the most. Um, but yeah, it's it's much better that outlet someplace else than on the airplane.
0: Right. And maybe because I actually am a pre- I'm actually a pretty nice. I don't want to ruin everyone's bubble of their image of flight <laughs> attendant show, but I'm actually really nice when I'm at work. Like, I'm like, oh, you want water? Yeah. I don't care. You know, because and I think it yeah. does help. That we do have this outlet. Yeah. Oh, it, totally. It may yeah. sometimes when I'm at work, well, um, I've retired now. I I'm actually not an active well, my last day will be in June. I announced it on
2: really? um, the last oh episode. My yeah,
0: it looks exciting. But you know, those people that just sit there and they complain and they complain. When I go on the plane, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. This is gonna be a great story. Do you ever find yourself doing uh- that?
1: Oh yeah. It, it's it's interesting having um an outlet like like the cartooning because the situations I would get in before that might really upset me. Now I and be thankful that something crazy or upsetting happened because now I can make fun of it. I can come at it from a different perspective. And that's cause for celebration because um we, I know that everybody gets into to tight spots and negative places. And I think it's great that I have an ability to look at it and make fun of it so that you can laugh at it instead of uh, festering. It's not right away, of course. <laughs> I'm human. So
2: oh, like, Sure.
1: You know, if 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 something upsets me on the airplane, yeah, my initial reaction is going to be fear, uh, fear, or upset, or you know, just all the negative things. But later, after I've cooled off, I can look at it and be like, okay, is there an opportunity to make this into a comic? And ninety nine percent of the time, there is. So, you know, I'm grateful, grateful for that.
0: Well, it's, and it's, it's very cathartic too, to be able to get it out, process it, be like, I've been very angry on the plane and you're right. When I'm in the situation, when you're in the situation, you know, you're going through it and you're like, oh my God, this guy's such a jerk. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I run to the galley after it's all done and I'm jotting notes. I'm like, okay, he was wearing this and he was wearing this. this. Do you do that too? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I do. But on another note, I I want to mention that it doesn't happen often that I get into those uh, those uh, situations, and I think it's because I too, like you, Joe, I'm I'm not a sass, sassy person in general on the airplane. I'm not. I do not try to escalate situations. I try to bring them down as best I can and be very accommodating to people. So it's very rare that I do. But I do observe them from, you know, the interactions of other people. And um, that's not very common either. Well, that and because there's nobody on the plane anymore at a hotel. I have the opportunity. There's hardly anybody there and they don't want to talk to you. And you're like, you're like get away, six feet. <laughs> get,
0: get back six feet.
1: <laughs> <Get>
0: back. <laughs> well, I love I love that you said... That you know, because our job really is when you're on the plane and you're a flight attendant, your job really is to de-escalate situations. And I think some flight attendants yeah. forget that and they go right uh, into yeah. escalate. And I'm like, I want to pull them over and say, your act, your job is to actually calm the situation down. I right. shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't be part of the fire. You should not be part of right. the problem. Yeah. But now you're right. now you're making my life more difficult. <laughs> Right. Does that work? Can um, you do that? I, I've done that a couple times where I've been, I've pulled him to the back galley and I'm like, listen, I know you're trying to help, but this person's ready to stab uh-huh. both of us. So I'm going to need you to just stay in the galley for five minutes so I can go uh-huh. and, you know, smooth this over before we have to divert. And then I miss my commute and oh, then wow. I'm going I'm to hate everyone.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, Joe. I applaud you because I just like stand back and observe.
0: <laughs> oh no, I um I de- uh, and I don't know if it's my them it. <laughs> it could I think it's my nursing background. Um because oh, yeah. my mind goes right into save the day mode. So if if there's a okay. situation, even if I'm not the lead flight attendant, for some reason, they'll always come back and be like, "What should I do?" And I'm like,
1: "Oh, oh yeah.
0: This is what you should yeah, do." Yeah, yeah.
1: You're the probably, leader. Mm-hmm. probably
0: because I'm old enough to be all their dads now. So I mean, <laughs> when you're 22 and you're like dad, I'm like no. So so um, when did you? So what is the correct term? Like um, artist, illustrator. What is the correct term for what you do? Well, for
1: that, like specifically, um, um I am a artist though. So I. I do a lot besides just jet lag. Okay. The jet lag's my main, my main game, I guess you
0: could say. So yeah, it. Okay. Well, yeah, I knew you were an yeah. artist, but when I was stalking you on social media, I saw the word illustrator, and oh uh, no, it's yeah. when I pulled you up on Amazon for your because your books are on Amazon, and we'll get to that, of course. Yeah. But I saw the word illustrator, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the term that is used throughout the that industry for comic book artists. I don't know.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, it's a that's a really good question too, because uh I I'm a cartoonist but I'm not a comic book writer. I when you think of comic books you think of Superman and Batman and you know, Marvel comic books. That's not me. I'm a gag cartoonist. I produce single panel gag cartoons for the most part. You probably saw Illustrator because I do do illustration work for clients.
0: Okay. I
1: want cartoony kind of artwork done for various projects like children's books and mm. uh, portraits and all those kinds of things. Um, but uh, when you're an artist, I think the general term you can be so many things because you're, you're, you are artistic and creative, but you wear many, many hats. I'm, I'm also a writer and I'm a business person because you have to be in right. order to make it continue. Just as you probably know, as a writer, you have to be and you have to be a marketer and you have to be, um, a therapist to yourself. <laughs> you know, you've got to be so many things. But getting back to your question, yeah, I—if you're going to
2: give me a name, call me a
0: cartoonist. Cartoonist, okay, good, yeah, because I didn't know, and I didn't want to insult you and be like, "How dare I'm?" It's been 11 minutes, and you've already insulted me, and I would have been like, "Wow, that's actually good." <laughs> no. Is
1: that a record? I'm doing better. <laughs> I'm doing well. On my last <laughs> episode, I didn't swear
0: at all, so I'm actually growing oh, up. Oh my gosh! I am maturing. <laughs> I'm maturing as we speak. Um, so, at what age? did you first pick up a utensil and, and realize like, wow, I actually know what I'm doing. How do you, how does that come to you?
1: Uh, For artwork? Gosh, I can't remember a time where I wasn't being artistic. I think it maybe was pointed out to me first by my my parents, of course. Uh, My mom would tell me stories that I'd come home after school and I would draw something for the day, something that stuck out in my mind and I burn I had little doodles all over it. Hmm. I remember I wrote a story in high school, I believe, of a I called it Splendid Tricky Day. It was it was in a cartoony style. We had to write these books and I wrote this book and like this could be published. And that's I think when the light bulb went off like, oh maybe I'm a, maybe I'm pretty good at this. But I never really took it seriously, um, and of course, I, whenever a kind of a job I had, I was a lifeguard in high school too, and I would draw comics about mm. being a lifeguard. And I had a lot of cats growing up, so I would always draw. You know, I read a lot of cartoons too. I especially like the Gag cartoons. Uh, maybe because my attention span was short, and I just wanted to read a couple of sentences instead of you know multi panels.
0: And, and, you, and you said I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, did you say gag uh-huh. cartoon like G A G? Yeah, a gag
1: cartoon. Gag. So a, a gag cartoon is a single panel cartoon. You think of Gary Larson, or I'm trying to think of somebody else close to home. Uh, some of the newer ones. Okay. Uh, rhymes with orange. It's just one panel. Like okay. every the whole the whole story is happening. Sure, and a couple of sentences, as yeah. opposed to. You're maybe a Garfield where you've got multi panels, uh, or Calvin and Hobbes. You know, there's lots of panels to tell a story. A gag is just one, one single square, or rectangle, or whatever that you see in the paper. So that's what I, that's what I've uh, kind of, towards over the years.
0: Are those easier than a panel comic? it would seem challenging to have to get your f- entire story in one picture instead of having three to tell the entire, entire narrative. Yeah. You
1: know, it, it would, for me, It it's easier. I don't know why it's just, it just is when I set out and I have, I've actually done multi-panels. I, I'm not showing those publicly. I'm only showing those to my patrons. Okay. Um, those were difficult. I did about, I'm not sure if it's like 40 to 50 of them. Mm. And it was harder for me to, to draw and create a storyline because you're creating more of a storyline when you're doing multi-panels and you're, you're having to do a bit more, which is a little bit new to me. And I, Joe, I don't know why it's easier for me just to do the single panel, maybe because I've just been doing it for years and I kind of know the formula for how it
2: works.
1: Mm -hmm. So I, I, it's, yeah, but, it's fascinating and it it did make me grow as an artist and a writer when I did those because my characters started to take on more personalities. Something that happened just naturally as I was writing and drawing the Mm multi-panel. So it might be something I continue to do down the road. I don't know yet. We'll see what happens what kind of develops organically on its own. But I do love the gag and I've been meaning to write a blog about how much I love it and why. I um, love something that's succinct. It's your, the point is just to laugh and move on with your day. You know, right. it's like,
0: yeah, you read it, you okay, get it, it. It makes
1: you read sense. it, you get it. Yeah. You're done. You move on. And I, I think, I think that's why I like it so much because it's instant. It, it's uplifting and you can do a little, just kind of pop them in your mouth like candy. It's like bite-sized comics, right. <laughs> you know, you don't have to spend a lot of time and energy reading it. And I think that works in a social media world where everything is on your screen. And just from a, from a, uh, what i'm looking for uh just just from a yeah phone from the cell phone perspective it's a lot easier to read a gag cartoon than it is to have to flip your phone to the side and read a multi-panel one or zoom in you're looking on instagram you see my comic. you don't have to zoom in or anything it's a boom it's right there you move on like a picture and I think that makes it easier to digest for a lot of people that have these busy lives and these shorter attention spans and there's just all this information just hounding you all the time that maybe that's part of the situation because it's in bite-sized quantities. I don't know.
2: Yeah. But
1: I like to think maybe that has some, to it. That it's easy to read or it's easy, it's easy to get and move on.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me because in a world where we're flicking through our phones, we're trying to take as much information as possible on just everything. And we don't wanna mm-hmm. I don't think people want to invest in things anymore. Like I don't mean to say it in a negative way, but people love a mm-hmm. quick meme. People don't wanna read a, a blog post anymore. They wanna they wanna mm-hmm. flick, they don't wanna spend the time. They want to flick right. through, and that saddens yeah. me because I'm a reader. I love to read, um, mm-hmm. but that could, that's possible. But you're also very talented, and your drawings and everyone feels like they work with your characters. Yeah, like we all know <laughs> them. We all know them. Now, uh, you you mentioned something about when you were drawing panels, your characters mm-hmm. were growing in mm-hmm. a way that you did not expect it organically. Now. When you first started, are your characters people who you did not see them as back when you first started?
2: Uh,
1: I think anything I've created is probably something that's been buried in my subconscious somehow. Just some people that I have worked with over the years or just people in my life. I, for instance, was definitely a part of me that i that i who i am so i can't necessarily be in public although in the very beginning of jet i didn't have characters i just had like specific characters i didn't have Deb, wander rob and kitty and all those people i simply had just faces but i would just draw a new face every time i had a i was drawing a cartoon and i ended up drawing a cartoon I looked very much like Bev in one in one particular cartoon and a friend of mine asked me who she was. And mm-hmm. I said, uh, I, I don't know. She's, she's the one that said, I want to see more of her. So I ended up giving her a name and putting her in, she was kind of in a sassy comic at the time when I drew her. And she said, coming into more of those comics. And then as I started to develop her, I found that, you know, it's kind of fun developing characters. So I, Wanda was some, a character that I was kind of using her hairstyle and her character throughout in different panels and then decided to finally give her a name, give her kind of a backstory. The same with Rob, although he's kind of loosely based on my husband. His name is Robert.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: I don't consider Rob to be my husband but maybe in some ways he is just my husband's a very calm you know uh, even keel kind of personality on the airplane uh, which I think Rob is in the strip but yeah and then there's Kitty who (laughs) she's kind of a newer character but she's kind of the uh, the brand spanking new, bright eyed, bushy tailed, completely ignorant flight attendant, who was also me at the beginning of this job, completely excited. You know, nothing can go wrong. Everything wonderful attitude, which over the years tends to fade. <laughs> right, right.
2: <Yeah. laughs> A lot of
1: us <laughs> are getting beaten out of us. I'm not sure which we- <laughs> Right. But um, yeah, I think these, are one, are somehow connected to part of my personality, and two, are loosely based off of people that I've probably worked with over the years or have just observed life. Um, so I couldn't tell you exactly which specific person because they too right. just kind of developed on, developed on their own over the years.
0: And I'm sure. Do you, do you, do you meet someone or work with someone and there's a part of their personality where you think, oh God, I could incorporate that into Wanda or Buh, Bev or I, oh my God, this person's so crazy. I'm going to have to put them into one of my <laughs> cartoons just for a one-off. Um, hmm. Gosh, you know,
1: what? nothing comes off hand, possibly, possibly a situation. Well, okay, I took that back. Yeah, there are there are some people that I've worked with where I think that they like they just have the funniest responses to people and are, are just super quick wit. And yeah, I want to embody. I want to. I want to bottle that up and and use it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it does happen. I can think of. I can think of a couple people off the top of my head. Uh, it's interesting when I made the character Bev um, there was a person in my airline with the same first name who mm-hmm. retired long before I started working and apparently she was rather infamous in my airline and um, I had n- I didn't know this person at all and a lot of tenants would to me like oh is she is she, that, is she her? Is Bev our Bev? Arbev? And I'm like Arbev. who? No, what? What are you about? There's nothing no, this is not not who you think. And sometimes I'll draw cartoons about. Only one time have I ever drawn a specific cartoon about a specific slutty senator. I never named her, and I draw her to look like her. But in the situation, I drew her, and and apparently she she knew it was her. It wasn't a bad cartoon at all. It wasn't like mean or anything. It was just funny, and um she wasn't mad but she, is this, this is what happened oh this is what and so now yeah, like yeah that was, <laughs> I didn't tell her I was gonna draw it but it was just really funny what she did um at
2: least she didn't anyways, get mad that's um, good
1: <laughs> right no I don't think people will get I think people are kind of excited if I draw them into my cartoon uh, unless it's something you know that maybe they wish they hadn't have done but it's I don't, that's not what I do. I don't like, look, I don't like working on a plane, looking, looking, watching at a fly sentence to see what they do so I can draw a cartoon about it. No, that's right. not, not at all what I do. But if they give me some fodder, I mean... <laughs> well, they, they know who <laughs> not they, you well, are. They, yeah.
2: They know who right. you are. Well, a lot of yeah. It well, d-
1: some of them do, some of them don't. I actually, my Kelly my is my, um, my, mare, my sorry, my maiden name. Okay, and I have a diff- I have a different name when I fly, so um, you know, well,
2: some yeah, people know smart. who I
1: am, and sometimes people don't, and um, I don't advertise it. So, yeah, if they find out, that's they find out.
0: Right? Yeah, I and do they the same better thing. Better
1: watch out what they say too. <laughs>
0: I do the same thing. My, um, I've just dropped my last name, so Joe Thomas is my first and my middle name, and that's my, you know, Mm -hmm. social media name. But I'm the Mm -hmm. same way. Like you all don't know, you didn't need to know who I am. But from what you were saying before, like when you're on the plane watching people, the people that know who I am when I was working, I would always think, are they testing me to try to get into one of my books? Because they would know who I was, and they would do the craziest Uh shit ever and i would think are you trying and i asked that to a girl once because she was Uh, just she knew i was flight attendant joe but she was just off the wall and i just looked at her and i said are you trying to make it are you trying to get me to write about you is that what you're doing because she uh was just and she was like oh well i mean if you put me in one of your books i was like well now no now now even though this is you're insane (laughs) i'm not gonna gonna benefit you're not gonna benefit from my bad behavior from your bad behavior and end up in one of the books
1: right yeah um yeah for me if people find out what i do they don't they don't try to do anything crazy but they they give me their ideas for a comic which i always appreciate i like it when people give me ideas for comics because that way i don't have to think about them (laughs) i can write them but that's interesting for you um I do not have that same experience. I don't think people are trying to put on a show for me to, <laughs> so that I can. Draw uh, will, later and they,
0: they might not be trying to put on a show, but sometimes I'm like, God, if this is how you really act, I feel bad. I feel bad for you. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> like all you can do. <laughs> um,
0: now when you were a kid and you were drawing, were you drawn to cartoon were you drawn to cartoons? What were your favorite cartoons when you were growing up?
1: Yeah, I was. I love Gary Larson's work. Um, so for, for as far as cartoons, that was my biggest inspiration. And then there's this artwork that I really enjoyed. I don't know if you remember the Berenstain Bear book. I but do, I do. I remember, I remember, and I even have some a reference when i draw just i love the artwork and i think what i and i love the gags of gary larson's just quick wit just just a couple sentences and then you move on kind of thing i love that and i love the cartoony kind of style of the jan and stan dancing that Try to think of some other ones that really stood out. I think I had a lot of. I just looked around and I, I remember just really liking those bold colors. I love pen and ink. I love working with pen and ink, because it's not messy. <laughs> I've just taken art classes over the years. I've taken like a charcoal class and painting and, uh, I think. My, I think my problem is I have a really short attention span and patience when it comes for, and I'm, I'm super, I'm very, I'm not like super, super clean, but I'm, I'm very organized and tidy. And I think the pen and ink works because you, you, you put it on the page, it's dry, it's way to dry, it doesn't smear. And when I'm working with charcoal or something, it gets all over your hand. If it's messy it gets on your shirt and i just it freaks me out <laughs> that i have this all this mess my office right now is organized and neat i've got pens here i've got paper there i can upload it i do all my coloring on the computer
2: okay
1: i think that's that's why i i have gravitated to the cartoon art more so than another kind of art just because my personality is keep my hands clean, keep my space clean. Yeah. So I was like that as a kid too. And that's probably why I liked the cartoons so much because of the way, the way they were created, which I really enjoyed.
0: Now, when you get an idea, like, so you get an idea, you're, you're mentioning pen and ink and I'm, I'm, I'm completely ignorant to, Art, (laughs) but so pen and ink, that just means you have a piece of paper, an idea pops in your head and you're sketching it. Yeah. Okay. So
1: my process is I travel probably like you, like I have a sketchbook and, and a pen and it's my idea book. I have lots of them. And when I have an idea, I'll, I'll try to sketch it out really, really quick or write down the idea or write down the caption or something that it comes to me first. And when I get home, I go to my office and I've got a nice piece of paper that I use. I do, I do all of my cartoons first by hand on with real paper and real pens where a lot of, a lot of artists today are where mine is part, partly digital, just with the color. So I'll use, um, excuse me, pencils with, in my, my cartoon and then I go back over with pens and then from there I'll scan it and then I'll color it in a program called Photoshop okay. which is owned by Adobe one of the Adobe mm-hmm. programs and that's how it's done that's how I've been doing it for years and it works <laughs> But I, I, and I've tried just doing it digital at one point and I realized how much I missed working with real materials paper and pen and it's it's very uh therapeutic kind of meditative when i do that just with silently not on a computer Mm -hmm. not looking at a screen or anything that i actually really don't enjoy coloring too much because i have to be on my computer so i try to listen to podcasts and, and music that i really like to kind of i see make it go by a little bit nicer (laughs) but but they look a lot better when colored
0: so your favorite part is the drawing part and i can understand that because Mm -hmm. you're like using your hands on paper it's real compared to like a computer screen i journal a lot and i'm the same way i like to Mm -hmm. write in a journal instead of like typing in a diary on my computer there's just something about using your hands and watching the process unfolds so you actually draw by hand on a piece of paper all of your cartoons
1: all of them there's a hard copy oh. for all of them i i sell the hard copy uh there's there's a few people that that collect a lot of them
2: oh that's but awesome. but yeah
1: i have a big i have a drawer here in my office so i can even look i've got gosh hey i categorize it all by year so it goes oh, wow. back to 2000 2012 i I drew a lot in 2013 my god but yeah some years i can tell i was more prolific than others Just what was happening in my life at the time Mm -hmm. um and i'm stacking up quite a few for 2020 which is great right makes me feel pretty good
0: Now from the moment you get the idea and you start sketching it how long is the process mm-hmm. before it's done and you've released it do you have a do you have, like how long does that take
1: Uh well not counting the idea process which could take literally months it could depending on the idea I'm working on the actual let's say I have a concrete idea with the perfect visual setup that I want and the perfect caption that I'm happy with. So every morning Monday through Friday since since the start of the lockdown I've I've gotten up I go to my office and I, and I draw and ink in a cartoon and that takes depending on how complicated the drawing is it might take one to two hours and from there I'll scan it, and I'll color it and that could also take another one to two hours. Mainly it just takes about an hour each, the sketch part and the color part. So I'm I yeah, I, yeah, probably two or three hours for the whole course again, that's not including the the time it takes to think of the idea and get the caption right. And that's a whole other process as you know for as a writer you got to get the words right, and that's actually the most important part of the whole process. The drawing part is important, for instance, um, when you're setting up, especially when you're setting up a gag cartoon. This is something I've learned from other cartoonists over the years, is you're writing an audience that reads left to right. You want your visuals on your page to also read left to right. So if you're writing, if, you, if you're, let's say you're writing something funny, you want your punchline to come at the end, right? The setup is as in the beginning. It's right. the same visually. You, you, on the left, you've got to have the setup and the punchline, visual punchline needs to come at the right. So a lot. If you look at the cartoons, you'll a lot of times you'll see whatever whatever I think is more on the right. And over the years, just knowing that it's been kind of easy to to set my my cartoons up in that way with the elements that I'm looking for to be read on the right. Um, it's just a little. That people don't really realize when they look at a cartoon. Like, why do I like this cartoon? I don't know, but it just it makes me laugh, and that is one of the reasons I think why uh, why maybe one cartoonist is um, funnier than another. Just that they know these little tricks, which is something I had to learn along the way. But um, yeah, the writing part could take. Gosh, I'm trying to think. This morning I was working on one. And um, it's one of those cartoons where it may or may not need any words, just from. And last minute, I decided to throw in a caption at the bottom, so no one's saying anything. It's just like, you know, the cart. It's stating exactly what's kind of happening. Mm -hmm. I decided to only because I had a bunch of space at the bottom that I wanted to fill up, not because I think the cartoon needed it but I thought well it doesn't hurt so there's those days too where what I write has more to do with I need to fill up this space because it just it visually bugs me so I'm gonna Mm. throw just throw some words there in the bottom and then other days I might I might have a cartoon and I thought I knew what I was gonna I thought I had the caption down and then I sat down to do it and I thought yeah I don't I, I don't sit well with me I can't I don't know why I need to sit with this for a while and I might never write a capture for it and I might use that as a caption contest for my teachings instead and see if what they can come up with so <laughs> a lot of times other people know what to write <laughs> a lot better than I do right, Or you come have, at it from like you yeah, have come
0: I know. Yeah. I know you have those contests where you'll say, "You know, um, what are they saying?" or caption contests. How did that come? Uh-huh. How did you come up with that idea?
1: Uh, basically, for right, <laughs> and and because I I wanted to give my fans a way to engage more. People have a lot of fun with that. I know I do. Like oh, my yeah. dad and I, growing up, we would um, we would submit. Uh, captions for some of the New Yorker cartoons. Mm-hmm. We never won, of course, but it was fun to do. Actually, my dad and I, we have a lot of fun coming up with. <laughs> my dad's, hilarious. well, both my parents are hilarious. My dad's really hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll try to even warm up with a caption for something that's happening just in our own lives, you know. And that's a lot of fun. It, it, it makes you think and it, it helps you dissect the situation and to. Distill it down to its basic elements, and I think that's what I love about cartooning. Is that that's that's what you're doing to the world and your your uh, other people is you're you're taking something that's really complicated and out of control, and you're you're boiling it down to to just you know its basic ingredients and presenting it that way. And I think I really like that about cartooning but um yeah the caption contest uh I, I i used to do those on the social media um network and then it got a little out of hand <laughs> people were getting mad because um i had kind of a voting system like okay make a make, write your caption and who, whatever one gets the most votes wins you know no harm no done everyone has fun and people were getting mad because Well, the the only, one of the ones in the beginning and blah blah blah, and I was like, oh, this is supposed to be fun. I don't want to be like, you know, policing and parenting. (laughs) This is dumb. So I stopped putting them on the social network. I'm like, look, this is wasting my time and energy. Uh, I'm gonna stop doing this for a while. But then um, I started my uh, my support page on Patreon, and I I started doing it for them, and and I, I like. Doing it in that environment because there's less, there's less people, and instead of letting other people vote, I choose the capture. Mm-hmm. So, mad at me? That's fine.
2: Right? <laughs> like okay, well, fine. Of course,
0: <laughs> of course, the social media people ruin a good time. Yeah. You're like, I'm just trying right. to let you guys have fun, and you ruined it. Right.
1: Well, but, yeah. I don't want to. I don't like. There was. There's only a few people that. And I'm and I'm such a big weenie. Like I hate confrontation, even uh, if it's digital uh, on social media. <laughs> I really don't like confrontation at all. And you know, I'm like, okay, you win. <laughs> you know, right. so it's which, you know you talk. talked about me. I'm I just a little flower.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> well, um, you have, when I first you have started a
0: very good. You have a good image yeah. to keep. You have a good image to keep. So, you know, you you you're you're a cartoonist. You're not like this. You're not like me, who just tells dick jokes all day long. You have,
2: <laughs> I which, appreciate oh the my god. Oh, I have a great. I have a great question.
0: Do you ever make? <laughs> do you ever make comics like adult themed? Does Bev ever say something that you would like? I can't put this out, but boy, this is what she really uh, wants to yeah. say.
1: Oh yeah. It's interesting, Joe, because I actually have a very dirty sense of humor, but I do not because of what has developed into kind of this shareable kind of comic strip. I have to keep it that way. So (laughs) this is getting personal. Okay. Yes. Um, I, there are situations and there's, there's things in my sketchbook that I would never show most people. And that's, that's not true. Um, the, the, the multi-panels that I'm showing my patrons, those are quite a bit edgier than, than the regular gags that I have been showing on social media. They're just slightly, not too much, but just a little bit, um, excuse me, uh, so for jet lag, I don't really have a lot of, um, you know, um, I do other cartoons that I make some a small commission off of when I, when I sell them on this one website. And I'll write about a lot of different topics, you know, whether it's, I don't do any political stuff just because it doesn't interest me, mm-hmm. but, Like just some facts and that kind of stuff, but nothing, nothing like crude. Just, uh, I will, I will talk about those types of subjects. But, yeah, nothing, nothing like, nothing Nothing, a teenage boy would think is hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I did have a newspaper reach out and ask if I would draw a cartoon about a situation that actually happened on an airplane. Something involving a dildo
0: and I don't know what else. I can't believe you said dildo. I'm excited.
2: (laughs) Not because of a dildo, but just because you said
0: the word. You may be the first person that said dildo on this podcast. No, no, that's probably. I need to get a
1: digital badge. I need a badge.
0: (laughs) I did not expect you to drop dildo. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, I did, and and the and I refused. I did not want to do this. comic for this newspaper because well it's not my style. I, I don't want to start drawing cartoons like that. Um that wasn't the first time I've been asked something that I that doesn't align with my values.
2: Right. Uh,
1: in the early stages of drawing jet lag I was asked by a rather I won't mention any names, but a rather popular online person, airline industry person, to do some comics for them and at the time, you know, it would have been a great marketing move for me because I would have gotten great exposure and that, but it would have it would have made me into a crude cartoonist. Mm. And I just had worldwide fame T V shows, you know, it was all over the place. But I didn't respect respect what they were doing to the industry. Okay. So I said, no, And very politely. I just said, no, no, thank you. I want to grow my own in, in my own way. I don't want to, I, yeah, I, I, I just thought if I started guard doing cartoons for them, they'd want me to do something that would be very, very pessimistic and negative towards passengers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I do make fun of passengers, but I don't think that I pit the flight attendants and the passengers against each other. And that's not where I want to be putting my energy ever.
0: Well, because there's already so much animosity between passengers and flight yeah. attendants. You're just having fun. So, But I, I really, yeah. I really appreciate your integrity level because a lot of people would sell out. And when you have... You have control over your entire brand. You have a brand that you have to watch out for. So you have to be really careful with what you decide to go with. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and, and I think if you're anybody starting anything, you have some pretty tough decisions to make as you're starting out because you will be approached by people who want to use you, not like in a bad way. but. You know, they are interested in your work maybe. And it's kind of in the beginning decisions that set you on a course for the rest of your career if you decide to keep going. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important. No matter what you're doing, you've got to build it upon the values that you believe in. I really believe that. And I've, and I've always come back to that in my own work letting my gut and my intuition be decisions that I make when it comes to deciding if I'm going to this a lot of answers or if I'm going to represent somebody else's brand or if I'm going to advertise somebody else's brand, it must align with what I believe is right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and be part of my initial brand, which takes a long time to create your brand, as you know. So oh, yes, yes. And I and I admit that I have sold out a couple times. Uh, it was interesting because I, I earlier this month I was on another podcast with uh, Dave on a Mish, and or not a, a podcast, sorry, just a a, a blog interview. Um, and I told her about. A, I, I, I did sell out a couple times to advertising because I needed the money at the time just to just to pay for a website and just to pay for material, you know. just mm-hmm. <laughs> I right. just wasn't picking any money and I was doing all this work and it gets really tempting when someone comes and says, hey, I'll pay you this money if you advertise for me on this product. And, and I did. It wasn't a big deal really in the hindsight because, but I didn't do that. And I felt really gross after I, decided to advertise for them because
2: did you um,
1: I like, gosh i feel like a puppet I did
2: you like use your moved.
0: did you use your characters you've created or did you create new characters for this to advertise for this company
1: no no i just i i tested their product i i wrote a blog for them about what they did told them how great they were and it you know it was an okay product it wasn't it wasn't like a bad product. But it doesn't, I don't know. I'm not one to, to use this kind of product in my everyday life. So I kind of like, yeah, that's why I don't, I don't want to spam people on my pages with ads and things. Just, I don't have to. I, I probably could make a lot more money doing it. I've had people come out and, and want to buy my Facebook pages and, you know, so that they can use my audience that I've built, spam them with ads. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> right. uh, I, 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 yeah, it, you have to be driven by something other than finances, by money. And it, it, it yeah, you, the whole reason I started JetLife was not, my goal was not to make money. <laughs> my right. goal was to have fun and to make people laugh. And to provide something that wasn't negative, that wasn't creating animosity, that wasn't creating painful, for giving them a reason to get angry. Where I see which gets the most attention, by the way, it makes the headlines, the newspapers grab at it because it pisses people off, and that's news. I don't. That is not what I wanted to contribute to at all. And so whenever I'm approached by somebody that wants me to start doing that, I I have grown enough in my conviction about what I'm doing and what my mission is.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's important not to sell out. And if you do, it better be for a damn good reason, right? Because it's going right. to follow you around for a long time. Right. How many cartoons do you have backlogged right now? Because if you're drawing, I'm thinking if you're drawing one a one a day, how how many do you have in backlog, and how many do you release a week?
1: I release three a week: Monday, Wednesday, four. If you're counting the the multi-panel bonus cartoon on Patreon, mm-hmm. backlog right now, I think I've got about twenty or so backlog. Oh, wow. Which are were written, you know, probably a month ago. Well, over the over time, outdated
2: <laughs> already. Oh, right. You know,
1: and I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, is this relevant still? Our world is changing so fast. Where, like, okay, I think I posted one yesterday of 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 a very empty airport, and it was still relatable to a lot of people because there's still a lot of empty airports. but things are starting to pick up a little bit just because we're going into the summer season now. So one person had mentioned like, yeah, my experience last month. And uh, I thought, okay, this is a little outdated, but i it's much, much easier for me to have a backlog than it is to write the day before. It just, yeah, most, in a professional sense, professional cartoonists are usually working two months ahead. Like you see mm-hmm. the, the cartoonists, they are always working two months ahead. And I read some blogs uh, from Brian Crane, who is the creator of Pickles, he said that he they can't really write about the epidemic right now because they would have had to written about it oh like,
2: yeah
1: you know back in January to have it ready for March where the whole thing how could they have to predict the future and they just can't do that although there are those cartoonists that do come out with, with specific so you know what's happening socially or or globally and I, they must be working. The the night before, the day before, especially political cartoonists are doing that for sure. So, <laughs> uh, if I do a cartoon last week, I'm and it's more, it pertains more to what's happening this week. I'll use I'll I'll maybe one that I did last month that might not have as much relevance today as it did, and that just might never be shown. I don't know. Mm, we'll right. have to
0: see. I don't know. Maybe you could do a a book, you could release a book of, once all this is over, you could release a book maybe of all these and you could title it like, I don't know, the pandemic or something. I don't know. I'm the worst. Yeah, at, I'm no. the worst. I'm the worst at books. <laughs> 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 I
1: you're, I actually really want to do something like that because by, or at least maybe ha I would like to release another book this year of, cartoons that I've done between 2017 up to now where part of the book could probably be just like the old normal (laughs) and the the other half could be the new normal more of the Corona life. So yeah, you're right. I, I definitely want to as a, uh, as a book volume in some way, because people are going to remember this time for a long oh yeah, time.
0: you have to jump on it. Yeah, yeah you definitely have to um, jump on that. And ju- I was just thinking while you were talking, like you had to learn how to draw a mask on your characters, and how and how yeah. long and when does that mask come off? When are you going to decide? All right, I'm not drawing them with masks anymore. that
1: will depend on what's happening in life, it- it's what we're seeing out out in the real world. It was probably around March when I started putting masks on the characters only because a fan was, in a gentle way, criticizing that my my characters weren't wearing masks. Wow. And I was, I was really struck by that. I was like, wow, this is a big deal. At that time, you know, back in March, late March, early April, people were kind of still like, oh, you know, there wasn't these mandates in place. And now there are just this morning actually i the cartoon i drew i first drew it without them wearing masks there because they're not they were out it's an outside scene of the crew they're outside Mm -hmm. i'm just so used to not drawing a mask for so many years that it's not the first thing that i start to do uh because just because if you're looking at it let's say you're looking at that cartoon 10 years from now you'll know that that is just by looking at it, you don't even have to read it. You can look at it and say, "Oh, this this is about COVID." Mm-hmm. We're wearing masks, obviously. Unless you know we're wearing masks for the rest of our lives, I have no idea what's going to happen. Right. But yeah, I I will take my cues from what's happening in the real world, and uh, and then we'll see. We'll just see from there. You know. <laughs>
0: Probably when That's the airlines fun. when the airlines tell flight attendants and pilots you don't have to wear a mask anymore. That could be yeah. something in your brain that says, "Okay, but I'm fascinated that people would look at a cartoon and say, oh, they should be wearing a mask because, you know, with cartoons, cartoons are not real. It's not even like, you know, you see a photo of someone, oh, they should be wearing a mask. But I'm fascinated with people who try to input real life into um, fictional characters. So I I think that's so interesting that somebody messaged you and said, hey, they're not wearing masks, which makes sense to Mm. me. But I'm still fascinated with that because I don't know if I would, that's where I would jump in I would probably Fun. not think about it until I saw the character with the mask. And then I'd say, Oh, Kelly's mm-hmm. on top of t- Kelly knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's a smart. <laughs> I think it's she's because smart.
1: Oh, well you can keep talking. I'll keep
0: say talking. that anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I wonder if maybe, uh, there's a bit more power behind cartoons than most people realize. You know, there are cartoonists like in Middle Eastern countries where they they'll get they'll be killed if they draw something that doesn't agree with, you know, what's happening in the political world there. I've heard of cartoonists getting abducted and never their hand getting cutting off cut off because of what they've drawn. I think that there's cartoons that have a extremely impactful uh Or are extremely impactful on the world and on people's ideas of a certain topic. So jet lag has maybe become one of the authoritative voices or windows into the world of flight attendants and pilots and aviation. That I have a responsibility to represent that world in an honest way Mm -hmm. and I think my fans see that especially with one fan that came forward and said that that maybe I have an influence over some of the ways even flight attendants act like if I was to start putting masks on my flight crew maybe other people would start wearing masks I wasn't I I was kind of like, you know, there's this, these two sides of the story, like wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You know, there's still these schools out there. In my airline, we, we are required to wear a mask. Um, I think I, I'm not trying to make a statement by putting my 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 crew in masks. Uh, I just I am wearing a mask when I go to work. And. I think as a, as respect to other people need to be wearing a mask, even if it's just making them feel safer. That's what we do. We're safety professionals. We're meant to make people safe. Mm -hmm. And, and it makes sense to me now why that person came to me and, and asked me to do that. And I agree with her like, yeah, there's, at this, from here on out, I, uh, in the situations where they're on the plane, they, they should probably be wearing masks. Um, and I agree. Anyway, it's not I agree. The I
2: agree topic,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's yeah. definitely it's it's. I think you're right. I think even though it's a cartoon, people are going to see that. Like I said, I may have looked at the cartoon and not thought, "Oh, there's no masks on these characters." But once I did, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh." Oh, yeah, that makes sense because everyone's wearing a mask. Why wouldn't they? Yes, they should be. And and I think that's yeah. and that's how my brain works. So that's cool that, that one of your fans was able to pick up on that and then send you a message and be like, you probably have more influence than you think. Because I, like me, I try to, I don't have influence, you know, we don't have influence, but we really do. <laughs> Yeah, and it's smart, and and right. it's good to be, you know, smart when you do have a voice, because a lot of people right now in the world have voices, and their voices are, excuse my language, really fucked up. So, yeah, when you have a voice, you, and you have a people listening, you're so it's good to be smart about it. So congratulations on that. Oh,
1: thanks, Joe.
0: Where did the where did the name jet lagged come from? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's interesting aspect that because I know exactly when I thought of it. I was living in Anchorage, Alaska, which is where I was first based when I became a flight attendant, and it was okay. I was furloughed. In 2009, ish Okay. The first time. And that's when I actually started drawing cartoons. And I, when I started to draw cartoons about being a flight attendant, I didn't have a name for it. When I decided that I was only going to start doing cartoons about flight attendants, flight crew life, I went for a lot of walks. That's how I kind of think it helps me think actually as we're doing this podcast I'm walking around my house because I talk better when I walk and I think better when I walk and so I was just going for all these blocks like what can I call my cartoon what can I call my cartoon and I could I could probably even find the sketchbook where I was coming up with names different names and writing them down and I just kept thinking okay I'm gonna think of the I'm gonna think of the, the best name the best name and I don't know, I just walk along one day and it just popped into my head. And I thought, I, I think this works. I think this is a good one. So that's how that happened. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, not the most exciting story, you know? It's not like the clouds parted and God's booming voice came down from the sky or anything. I just, Name your just cartoon.
0: Name your cartoon, Jet, jet lagged.
1: Lagged. I no. really wish it had happened that way. That would have been awesome.
0: I come up with some of my best ideas on walks. Isn't that interesting? Like if I'm like stuck in a in a rut or I can't figure something out, I'm like, let me go for a long walk. And I go for a long walk and I will come up with some of the best ideas. Yeah. I, you know,
1: I totally, you're in a tight spot. You don't know what to do. Just, Go for a long walk and go for a lot of them. Don't just, you know, it's a, it's a big problem. It might take a while. Like it, it took me a long time to come up with uh, the name jet lag. It even took me a long time to decide to do far dependent cartoons. Cause I mightily resisted that idea. And excuse me, um, yeah, walking is wonderful. I, I so I have a, a garden now we have, we have a house, um, and I have a garden and I like to think that I, I go for walks to think mm. and I weed, I weed my garden, uh, to not think. Right. <laughs> because if I'm just trying to clear my brain and just quiet all the voices, I will go in my garden and weed, not as much as I should, but I do do that since time to time. But I mainly go for walks, and I think it's just you're 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 getting your blood pumping, you're getting more oxygen to your brain, things are firing a little bit better as you're as you're walking. Um, yeah, it's quite magical, actually. Oh, it
2: is. It's great. Something
1: so so simple, so simple and attainable. Anybody can do it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I want to rewind though for a moment. Um, you just said something about you know you you hesitated getting into drawing flight attendant comics. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. What was the thing that you we were like? Oh, do I want to go down this path?
1: Well, for one, I did not want to come off of a trip and think about being a flight attendant again. <laughs> right. Just wanted Absolutely. to have a glass of wine and watch a movie, you know, <laughs> and. When I was drawing cartoons from about 2010 to 2012, my cartoons had no theme. They were just whatever I observed in the world, whatever was happening in my own life, I was trying to make something fun out of that. But I wasn't getting the audience I was hoping I would get or the I guess from from people online that I I was posting it and because flying was literally my life at that point I got some advice from another cartoonist and I you know not just this one cartoonist but you hear this all the time write what you know write what what you know and I knew what it was to be a flight attendant and and I knew what travel was I've my mom's been applying to him since I was five years old. I grew up non-repping. I don't know what a price of a airline ticket costs. <laughs> uh, Brian, I don't know Brian. what it's like to walk on a plane and actually have a seat that I was assigned to me for you know months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I, I know this life though, and I resisted that. It's probably because I was a, I was afraid. I wasn't able to write about it in a way that I could just make it goofy where I wasn't, I I didn't, I, what I really didn't want to do when I first started writing was to be, try to be not to be mean, but to take my vengeance out on passengers. I didn't want to do that. I mean, yeah, sometimes I do want to do that, but I (laughs) I didn't want that to be, the theme so I was afraid I was unable to write from just a goofy perspective but my husband my then boyfriend now husband and just he encouraged me just to go for it and he helped me set up a a daily system of of drawing and cartooning and we fashioned a little office for myself in the closet of our studio <laughs> apartment at the time next to the hot water pipe, which I would burn my arm against <laughs> as <laughs> I was cartooning. And, I didn't know it was so dangerous. Uh, I, I was a dangerous. It was a very dangerous <laughs> job in the, in the beginning um, windowless closet that I would sit in for hours. <laughs> um so that's why I, I resisted it. I, I just I did not think I could make my life goofy enough mm. to the to the point where it was it was just yeah it was just I was just having fun with it. And then I also didn't I didn't want to have to think about my life any more than what I was already putting into it uh, as a flight attendant as a as a beginning flight attendant. But as I started to draw them and post them online. Um, I I got the response that I was hoping for, so then I thought, okay, this is weird. <laughs> I guess I should, I guess I should try to do more of these. Mm-hmm. And the more I did, the, the bigger response I got. Um, the other cartoons that I had been doing, and I was putting on different websites and contests and stuff, uh, was great practice. I think the first two years really good practice. And, but yeah, that like, that like one that like came out ahead.
0: And I'm glad, and I'm really glad that you mentioned about the idea of like doing something, you like work on something, you know, you know, about being a flight attendant, incorporate that into Mm -hmm. your artwork, but also that struggle of Yeah, but when I come home, one of the greatest parts about being a flight attendant is that when you leave, you don't have to think about it anymore. Like flight attendants, it's not like oh, the office is calling. Well, if you're on reserve, crew scheduling is calling. But most of the time, when you're not on the plane, who can like you're? It's not a job you really take home, but. Right for you, for me. And when I had um, two guys on a plane on the show, that was one of my questions to them is how do you find the balance of, cause they're both flight attendants too. And it's like, how do you balance? We're on the plane all the time. Now we're coming home and now we're just creating all this flight attendant content. And at what point is my head just going to explode from flight attendant business?
1: (laughs) Rich, Rich, and um, gosh, what's his cousin's name?
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, for two guys on a plane. Oh, Rich and Andrew.
1: Andrew, Andrew, yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great guys. Um, oh, yeah, they're great. yeah, what did they say? Do their heads explode?
0: Well, they both do. They 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 work for different airlines. They work. I think they work different schedules. So, but they just make it work. They come home. They rattle off stuff to each other. Uh-huh. They actually benefit. I think from having someone else. Where, because they're, they're both mm-hmm. like, all right, what do you think of this meme? Do you think this meme is funny? Da, da, da. Um, but yeah, they, yeah. they make it work. I know that when I first mm-hmm. when I first started blogging, I had a blog. It was called the Joe Show, and it was just a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to write a sentence. It was just a hodgepodge of. Nonsense. And an art friend of mine, mm-hmm. see you artists, you guys are the, the best. And he, I was at his house having drinks one day and he was just like, I was like, I don't know how to get this blow. I don't know what to do. I should just stop. And he goes, uh-huh. well, you are sitting on a gold mine of comedy right there. Why aren't you tapping into being a flight attendant? And I was like, Oh no, I don't know how, how would I do? I'm going to get fired. I would get, I'll get fired. Uh-huh. And, um, mm-hmm. but I was like, let me try it. And it worked cause it's what I know. Wow. <laughs> it's what I know.
1: Yeah. So you, you also hesitated about oh, yeah. writing about it. That's, that's interesting. It's that's actually yes. kind of comforting knowing that. Cause yeah, it's that's another uh, point you made that I, I, that I also took into consideration was am I going to get fired? Mm-hmm. And Am I going to get in trouble? Had How, I, ever, you know, maybe if I was writing specifically about my airline and bad things, then yeah, I probably would have gotten in trouble. But right. I've over the years kept it pretty quiet about who I work for, and I don't mention them at all in my mm-hmm. comics. Um, so they, you know, I've never gotten any anything from my airline telling me
0: anything like that or so. Either have yeah, I, and so I'm shocked. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm a little shocked too. <laughs> I know. I, I Listen, I got to retire without getting fired. It's amazing. But no, I've actually had, I've had people, I've had flight attendants who recognize me on the plane. It's usually like a four-day trip. Mm. And by day three, they're like, I know who you are. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. okay, mm-hmm. now I'm scared. That's, but That's fun, yeah. But they'll say how are you not fired and i'll say well (laughs) you know um i don't i don't i don't talk about my airline i talk about you and i talk about the crazy Uh passengers and the pilots but you know i don't you'll never see me say my airline blah 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 did this you know Right. right and and then i always laugh because there's i have social media friends on my personal Facebook page that I work with and they will write this long post of how crew scheduling just screwed them without lube or something. And I always think, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's, I, I have nothing to worry about. This person has a photo of themselves in their uniform bashing the company. I don't bash the company. Right. Right. So I don't. Right. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That's the one thing you're so smart. That's the one thing that I, Always tell everybody, even if you're not like an artist or in this social, in this type of genre of podcasting, drawing, writing, whatever it's, don't let everyone Mm -hmm. know where you work.
2: Mm -hmm. It's like
0: rule number one. Yeah. Like like these flight attendants, uh, it's like, they're so proud. They're like, look at me. I'm I'm hanging out in the overhead bin in my uniform and now you're fired. like Stop! There like, has to don't. be a level of professionalism. Right. I
1: also really respect. I really respect my airline. I love working for my airline. Sure, I get upset about some of the things, the decisions that they make, but for you know, I am very grateful to have the job I have. From like my God, like I I get paid well. I I have flexibility. I met my husband. Right. <laughs> he, yeah. You know, there's. I have friends here. Um, I'm very grateful. I wouldn't want to put them in a bad light at all. Why would I jeopardize my own? Why would I jeopardize my own job? But um, yeah, they have definitely never taken any kind of uh, approach to me for anything that I have written or done. So that's good.
0: Well yeah, because they're just they're 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 still um they're still talking to the people who actually announce where they work and they're bashing the company. So they have to right. deal with all those people yeah. on Facebook first. Which, before they're gonna which, come bother you. Thank
1: God and thank God for them because now they're not looking at me. <laughs> as long as there are stupid people stupid people, people, people out there drinking in uniform and posting it on social media, I don't think that the company's radar would ever come my
0: way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Like the people are asking me like, yeah, the people who are asking me like, how are you not fired? I'm like, I don't know. You've called in a thousand times this year. How are you not fired? (laughs) Like, don't (laughs) don't worry about flight attendant Joe. What do you see? What is the next step or what's your next chapter for jet lagged? Like, do you have anything big on the horizon? What's going on?
2: Oh,
1: great question. I would love to say that I have this huge vision. Well, I do have a vision for jet lag. It's what I appreciate about what it is, is it's, it's slow growth. And I like that fast growth. is kind of scary for me. What I'm envisioning for the future is, um, is actually less flying for me. Uh, actually, starting next month, I am starting a, uh, a halftime bid, which is the first time I've ever done this. It's something that I've always wanted to do for many, many years. Uh, my husband and I have gotten into a place financially, thank God, uh, where I can actually fly less and focus more of my energy on jet legs. And out of that, I'm hoping to... To increase well I already have increased the amount of cartoons that I'm producing uh, increase the amount of books I'm producing I've only produced two books I'd like to produce one a year mm. as long as I'm producing three cartoons a week I can show up a book every year that would not be a problem uh, but yeah, so the, the big thing on the horizon is, is basically transitioning from being a full-time flight attendant with a part-time cartoon to a full-time cartoon and a part-time flight attendant. So that I can continue to have my feet in both, both worlds for a little while. Um, another thing is, is beefing up my, you know, my, the products. I don't have a ton of products, but I'd like to, to do more and just set up a system at home where it's not so overwhelming to me, for me to do shipping and all that kind of stuff, which takes a lot of time away from actually cartooning mm-hmm. and the whole business side of it. Um, just this year, I've, I have enough, uh, income from my patrons where I was able to, to get some legal structure done for jet lag. Oh, awesome. So I have, um, a wonderful lawyer, right? Who's trademarking jet comics for me and getting all of my comics registered with uh, the copyright office uh, federally so that I have a more legal structure, which makes me feel great because it's like this, it's like, okay, I'm a big girl now. I, 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 um, I have the foundation. I have solidified more of jet foundation to grow even more and just, just opening up the doors for whatever might come. Um, I'd like to just continue to grow my patron support and the amount of cartoons that I do, the the, the quality of the cartoons as well. Uh, my writing and drawing ability, try to improve that. I'm actually taking a course next month, uh, to, to help with my gag cartooning ability from a, a well-known cartoonist.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And, um, Yeah. So just, just putting more of my time and energy into, into the comic itself, because for so many years, I've, I've been working, applying a full-time schedule and just kind of, kind of throwing out cartoons as I, as I could, uh, keeping a schedule, but, but not being so far in advance like I am right now. Like this is my job. This is my day job. Where before it was like, okay, when can I make time to do this? you come home from a flight and I'm just exhausted. Even if it's just a turn, I'm just like, Oh yeah, my brain's just shot. I can't, I, my work will suffer if I decide to, to, to work tonight. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's on the horizon. What else is on the horizon? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of leaving the doors open to see what comes. Actually. I, and I also recently made a decision. This is something that I've been kind of thinking about for years. Um is syndication, which maybe people don't know what that is, but if you're back in the old days of cartoons, you would draw a cartoon strip, you'd send it to a syndicate, and the syndicate would represent you and then put it in newspapers for you mm. so so for a long time, I thought that's really what I wanted to do and i and I've submitted to syndicates over the years and have gotten well rejected, but I've also gotten some good feedback from them too
2: okay.
1: and I don't know. I just been, I went for a long walk. I went for lots of long walks thinking about, is that really what I want? Do I really want to be syndicated? Because I feel like if I really want something in my life, I can get it, but I have to have really wanted it and maybe I don't really want this. Maybe this is why this isn't happening for me. And, and I think that's that's kind of the conclusion I've come to is that I what I really want is my comics to be supported by the fans. If I was syndicated, somebody else would have say over the content. And now right. I'm I now I'm now I'm drawing for an audience that isn't necessarily flight attendants, it's everybody. And I love <clears throat> I love that I'm drawing for for my people, for for flight crews. I want it to stay that way. I want it to be niche. I want it to be kind of exclusive and underground. And and if I think if I Was to get syndicated, it would it would change what it is. So that for me, that was a big decision to finally decide to stop knocking on that door Mm -hmm. and to focus on building it up more from for the fans of the fans, you know, just of the industry of of flight crews, and that makes me feel so much better. That's that's a decision that feels really, 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 really good. And so I'm that's good. Yeah, I'm gonna see where that leads in the next
0: well, yeah. Well and years, I think, years to come. I think that, you know, people don't understand. I have a Patreon page too, and I think people who follow hmm. don't understand how important that page is because it allows people like my podcast is free if you and but if you want to get more content mm-hmm you know, you become a Patreon, Mm. and then there's, there's more content, but that's how people like us, a self-publishing business, self-publishing authors, writers, Mm -hmm. creators, that's how we survive. And that's how we can stay in control of our content. Yeah, Once somebody somebody buys it, then you, then you're going to be like, yeah, I'm the artist, but they're going to tell me, no, you can't say that. You can't say that Kelly. And then you're going to be like, Oh, great. Right. And a lot of people,
1: um, have gone to Patreon for that very reason where they were working for somebody else. And then those people wanted to control the content. And then they were like, Oh, screw you. I'm I'm just going to let my fans decide what right. they want, not you. Yeah, and like that's that. what I want. I want, I want my audience to decide to be the decision makers. I don't want anybody else to be the decision makers. And I want to be the decision maker too. This is, this is my baby. Right. And, and I love that. That, yeah, it's just, there's enough people out there that believe that too. And it's, it's not millions of dollars, but it's enough right sure. now and growing that, um, that it's sustainable. That's good. So that makes me
0: really happy. Well, that's awesome. And it's given you the opportunity to go part time with your flying and focus on cartooning full time, which I think is yeah. great. I would like to share with you what I would like to see. <laughs> I'm such okay. an only child. I'm <laughs> such an only child. Hey, listen, Kelly, wh- how do you see the future of your company? Now, I'm going to share with you what I think. Now, I want to see, <laughs> I want to see, hopefully, in the future, I hope that these characters come to life um, and I can watch them on a, like, a, sh- I don't know if it's a TV show type thing, maybe like 15 minute uh-huh. little sketches, but I would love to see these characters come to life with an actual voice. Is that something you've like ever animation? thought Like animation? Yes.
2: I want are, to voice one of them are... too, by the
1: way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are not the first person to request that. Oh, uh, That is a great suggestion, Joe. I, uh, maybe. Yeah, I would can love I, that. Can I tell you maybe? I, I maybe. Will t- I, will if
0: take, I-, I will take that.
1: If I get to a place where maybe I'm not a flight attendant anymore and this is what I do full time, I might entertain that. I would, which is a completely different form of art. Um, I, I I would be interested. It would mean a lot of computer time and I hate being on a computer for too long. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe I could start with like just little tiny you know easy things yeah. and see where it goes from there make
0: like you but, can make like um, 30 30 second Instagram store like a 15 second Instagram story. oh that would be so exciting but I don't want to put the pressure on you <laughs> this is just just add that to your list because I think in the future that's what I expect jet lag to be
1: really
0: yeah animated. i'm I'm, i have my crystal ball right here and i'm like in the future (laughs) i'll be like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) kelly thank you so much for coming on the podcast i i really appreciated Uh, you being so honest but before i let you go i want to play my game let's get grounded where i ask you a question and you answer one final question for me so Pick um pick an airline of your choice. American Airlines, JetBlue, Southwest, Alaska, Frontier. Um, JetBlue. JetBlue. On a flight from Los Angeles to Sydney, if you could sit next to any famous person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Any
1: famous person, dead or alive. Uh, okay. This is going to sound really weird. I would want to sit next to to Julia Child.
0: Julia Child? Really?
1: Yeah, she's like one of my heroes.
0: Oh my God. I didn't know. Oh, wow. Well, of course I didn't know that. (laughs) Now, why is she one of your heroes? I'm very interested.
1: She was like 35, 36 when she decided she knew what she wanted to do. And her story is so inspiring. It was a big reason why I started like, learning about how she started her cooking. So. And what all she had to go through. And she met so many struggles and obstacles and she just went through it. And she had an amazing relationship with her husband, which is mm-hmm. something that I also extremely value. And I think that's extremely important to have, Good relationships in your life because I think that is what allows you to become something bigger than you thought you could be, and that's why I really respect her because I think she really respected that part of the process. Is part is her relationship with her husband and the fact that she was a little bit older um, than somebody that got not famous or, or knew exactly what they wanted to do when they were younger. She was, you know, past the point. She didn't have a family. She didn't have kids. She just, but she knew she had to do something and she didn't stop. She didn't stop questioning what that was and she didn't stop searching for it. And I think that that's what I really admire is her persistence. So that's why. I that's it. why I'd want to sit next to her.
0: That's awesome, and then you guys could just drink, and she would talk to you about her she cooking would drink and her a life. Lot. She would. Did maybe, you um?
1: Maybe she'll have brought cookies for me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I would probably eat really well. She'd oh, probably invite me to France. Yeah.
0: Now, did <laughs> did you think Meryl Streep did a good job portraying her in the movie um, Julie Julia? Julia yeah. Julie, one of those. Julie
1: and Julia. Yeah, yes. I think she did. I think she did a yeah. fantastic job. Thought, Meryl Streep is just phenomenal
0: that that movie i read the book and i saw the movie but it gave me the uh, um it gave me the um the energy or the inspiration to push on with blogging because you know in this type of really? environment yeah this type of environment you go a long time without anyone reading your stuff or looking at your stuff you're just Ooh. you're just like mm-hmm. i got to keep pushing th- i got to keep pushing forward i got to yeah. keep pushing forward and when i yeah. saw when i saw that movie with the blogging where she was just starting that blog. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to mm-hmm. just keep doing it. So it was an inspiration to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, uh, awesome. persistence is, is key. And I yes. learned that pretty early on too, is, is, uh, that's, the, the difference between an amateur and a professional is that the professional just didn't stop. That's kind of like the biggest difference. That makes me feel
0: good. You know, with podcast, I'm glad you said that because I I'm like a roller coaster with my emotions regarding being on having a podcast. (laughs) And you know, they say people who start podcasts, they usually quit by the eighth episode because they start and they immediately think they're going to be Joe Rogan, right? Oh, Uh 17 million downloads an episode. And That is not the case. So you have to not think about that. You have to just say, I'm just going to deliver the best content I can and Mm -hmm. not worry about that. And now this is number, um, episode 28 you're on. So congratulations. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I love delivering that, that, um, that message because it helps me to remember that. You know, and it's okay to have your days where you don't want to do anything. I, I guess I'm gonna quit. Trust me, I've been there lots of times. But there's just something deeper that I know if I if I stopped, I would always wonder, what if I stop? What would it look like? And I just that's what oh, keeps okay. me going. I think is is I am too afraid to stop at this point. <laughs> i couldn't stop in the beginning right and in the beginning when you know not much is going on i still would think well well what what does it look like around the corner if i just kept going what what you know someone who gave up would never know but i have a chance to know what would happen so yeah don't
0: don't stop. give up. That's the, that is what Kelly and Joe are telling you. We're creative beings. Yes. Do not give up. Don't if you're, stop. if you're doing something right. and you think that you're just spinning your wheels, keep pushing because it like Lady Gaga said, it only takes one person to find you or one person that's, to that's change true. your life. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Kelly. Yeah. Well, you're I, you're yeah, incredible.
1: Sorry.
0: Uh, no, what what were you going to say? Sir. I'm sorry. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, I, I was going to say one more thing about the don't stop thing. Uh, be willing to change your plan, but don't you know, don't stop your plan if if you're if you're doing something and no one just cares about it, just like the cartooning for me, if I continued to cartoon about things that nobody cared about, I would still have no audience. But I didn't stop cartooning. I just changed the way I was cartooning. So exactly. I think that's important too. So.
2: No, that's, that's that's very
0: important. Kelly, please let everyone know. Yes. (laughs) Please let everyone know where they can find you online, where they can support you, where they can get all your, all your amazing cartoons. Please let everyone know.
1: All my stuff. All right. Well, you can find me at jetlagcomics.com. Jetlag is J E T L A D G E D. Sign up for my email fan club. You'll get emails of my comics three times. Inbox. You can find me on Instagram at Jetlight Comics with an S at the end. You can find me on Facebook, Jetlight Comic, and Twitter, Jetlight Comics. You can find me on Patreon slash Jetlight Comic if you'd like to support what I do.
0: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy this comic, you need to support the artist. That's very important. And I will have all that information (laughs) in the description also, Kelly. So thank you so much for coming on. I am honored and I'm excited. And you are fantastic.
1: Thank you so much, Joe. This was a lot of fun.
0: All right. Take care and fly safe. Me too. And and P.S. If you want to create a character called Flight Attendant Joe for the comic, I'm not going to be against it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would no, be amazing, dude, but I'm really just throwing that is. out there.
1: <laughs> and has to censor all of his all of his thought bubbles. But. Yes. He's the one who
0: he's the one who wants to say something inappropriate, and Bev is always like, shut up. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. You're you're awesome. Have a great day.
1: Thanks,
0: Joe. You too. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also, check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.